All right, Bulldog fans, our friends from Tacovas want to remind you that uh, it's festival season, it's concert season, it's sundress season. Yes, it is. And you know you need some nice boots to go along with every bit of that. And Tacovas is your stop for the best in Western wear. Tacovas has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and so much more. All Tacovas boots are made by hand in a very time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacovas has first wear comforts. So no break-in period. You know how tough that can be with a brand new pair of boots. You can put these bad boys on and ride that ride with a smile. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with the same level of style. So stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary beverage or two, shop the new styles, the smell of fresh leather, and a friendly staff are always at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience quite like it. If you can't make it to a store, visit Tacovas. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges shipped right to your door. Go to tacovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her personal foundation, says they're seeing more issues than ever with dogs' joints, odors, and their health than ever before. After doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can all look to improve our dog's health, their food. What she's discovered is that many dog foods are made in a way they can actually create toxins that could possibly be wrecking our dog's health. And that's true for many of the premium brands as well. Fortunately, she's found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how any of us can do the same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. I've got five dogs. I do. I love them. I spend most of my time with them. In fact, Mojo, my mama blue healer, has helped me write six and a half books now. I want her to be as healthy and happy as possible. So if you feel like you do about your dogs the same way I do, let me encourage you to go to badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard and watch Catherine's video right now. And again, that's badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard. Be sure and check it out and make sure your pet is happier and healthier than ever. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the Hump Day edition of The Yard. A little bit later than I planned because I had to go out and chase some rumors and put some fires out. That's what always happens with these coaching searches. There's always somebody out there that has something true or untrue that creates unrest within the family. And so I have to go look at all that, and that's, that's a big part of the job. You do a lot of this you know, research and due diligence and you talk to people and you text people and you call people and you try to bridge relationships and people you've never met before and you just hope that perhaps the fact that you got a blue check mark next to your name will get you a return message. It's as simple as it is sometimes. But it's a lot of work. And so there was a report that came out earlier from uh, an independent women's basketball site. I believe it's Women's Hoops World. I believe that's correct. It said Mississippi State had its coach. Well, I can tell you with authority from an impeccable source that as of this afternoon, we have not made a hire to replace Vic Schaefer 
as the, the Mississippi State women's basketball coach. We're not there. I believe we're close, but we're not there. And so the process, you know, the, people forget this. We just had the opening emerge on Sunday. Of course, John Cohen had a little bit of advance notice that this is a possibility because of the fact that the University of Texas reached out to him on Friday to request official permission to speak to Vic Schaefer. And so there has, you pull out your short list and you sharpen it up and you say, okay, let's take a look at this. And you start reviewing, you make some phone calls and some inquiries with some agents and things like that. So it's not like that we just got hit out of left field on Sunday as a university. Folks like us, you know, I had had a little bit of lead time that there might have been something brewing. Now, I'll be honest with you, I didn't think it was going to happen. I thought Vic is here for the long haul. Did not think it would happen, but he's gone. We're going to get into a lot more of that today. Before we do, I had Bulldog Burger Company for dinner and for lunch today. You should too. Bulldog Burger Company is great. I had the Bulldog. It's been a while since I've had the Bulldog. You can get the Bulldog. You can get four Bulldog burgers, four orders of fries, and a gallon of sweet tea for $29.95. That's a great deal. That is a great family deal. And the portions are so generous, most of the time you're going to have some left over. That's what happened to me. I got the Bulldog and I got the onion rings. And the onion rings are undervalued at Bulldog Burger Company. I don't talk about those enough. But I got the, the, the Bulldog, the onion rings last night. And, of course, you get the spring rolls, right? I got filled up on spring rolls, and that first onion ring nearly took me down. And then I saved the rest. I ate half my hamburger, saved the other half, and the rest of the onion rings for today. You're going to love it. You're going to enjoy it. Bulldog Burger Company now with two locations to serve you right here on University Drive in Starkville, Mississippi, and then on Gloucester Street in Tupelo. Two locations to serve you. You'll be glad you did. In curbside service. You call them, they'll take care of you. There's no dining service right now, but we look forward to a day we'll be able to go back in there and kind of sit down and enjoy a great restaurant-quality hamburger with friends. Bulldog Burger Company, the place where people go to meet. M-E-A-T. So, there are a few things that I want to get into. I'm going to address the women's basketball search a little bit later in the show. Give me a few minutes to kind of opine on a couple things about this Big Shaper stuff. Okay, the first thing that I want to say is that I think it is really kind of unfortunate. I started to say shameful. I'll go ahead and say it. I think it's shameful. Uh, the way some of our people are kind of attacking Vic and, and kind of attacking everybody Mississippi State related. And listen, I, I get it, you know, and I understand from talking to some people that have talked to Vic, he's been a little bit surprised at some of the blowback too uh, from our fans. But the bottom line is coaches leave. They leave, and, and Vic had done a very good job here. It was an extremely popular coach, and we all felt he was going to be here until he retired. Bought a bunch of land out here, was building a $3 million house. I'm told he plans to keep the house, plans to come back in the offseason and spend time here in Starkville, loves it here, which is one of those things that looks at it. It's kind of contradictory in many respects. You know, like if he's going home to Texas, then why would you keep the house here? So maybe they change their minds, but I'm told – He's still going to be in Starkville for a couple of months because obviously with all this global pandemic going on, you know, it's difficult to go out and buy a house and that sort of stuff. And there's, you know, there's just stuff to do, you know, and uh, they'll get up to speed on their Texas stuff. But Vic Schaefer was very good to Mississippi State and Mississippi State, very good to Vic Schaefer. The Mississippi State family, very, very, very good to Vic Schaefer. And it's not just Vic. You know, Robbie Falk and I spoke this morning. We've been kind of comparing notes every day 
here the last few days to kind of keep you guys abreast over on Gene's page about what the latest is and the coaching search. But it's not just about Vic. You know, because of the fact that Vic and the Schaefer family as a whole were so visible and so accessible, everybody kind of felt like, you know what, they're one of us. And in the grand scheme of things, Blair Schaefer will always be one of us. You know, she wore the maroon and white. She graduated here. You know, in many respects, Vic will be one of us. But Vic and Holly and Logan and Blair, everybody felt like, you know what, they're our people. And you know what, in some respects, they still are. They just don't work for Mississippi State anymore. And I've read all the conspiracy theories and all this kind of stuff, and I don't understand why it all, why something had to have happened. You know, something simple could have happened, like he got a great opportunity, an opportunity to go back home, and he, he chose to take it. It could be that simple. There are a lot of people saying, well, you know, there's this and there's that. You know, I'm not, I'm not big on sour grapes. You know, I get it. He picked up, he leaves. We never expected him to, so people react in a negative way. I think it's important to kind of take things, take a step back, and look at things in its entirety. Big Schaefer was paid to do a job, did a good job, did a great job. Did the best job we've ever had in women's basketball, and arguably one of the best coaches, regardless of sport, in the history of our university. Without question. Mississippi State's commitment to Big Schaefer it's not in question. Mississippi State has made Vic Schaefer a very, very wealthy man, and he's earned every dollar. Not, not going to begrudge him any of that. But a lot of this stuff, you know, people like commenting on, well, Steve, we're not even listed on his Facebook anymore. Is that really important? I mean, really? Is it really that big a deal? I mean, really? I don't think anybody from Pearl River Community College is you know, searching through my Facebook page saying, you know what? He didn't even mention us. And it's true. I didn't. It's a minor thing. You know, maybe, just maybe, he didn't. all he did was update his employment status and didn't go add a previous employment field. I just don't think it's that big a deal. I think we're getting all been out of shape. I've had, I've had former players contact me and say, Steve, what do you make of this? I've, got, I've even had some other people that work for Mississippi State say, hey, well, that's kind of peculiar. I just don't think it matters. I don't think it means anything at all. I don't think there's anything intended by that. I don't think Vic Schaefer is being disrespectful to Mississippi State. And I think there are a lot of people that need to take a deep breath. Take it with me. Here we go. One, two, three. <sighs> Just let it go. Serenity now. Serenity now. Just let it go. There's no need. It's kind of like, you know, when, when you have that breakup, you're like, well, I didn't really like her no way. I, never, I didn't really knock her no, no way. And then, then all of a sudden, you know what? Uh, she even took that picture down of us when we went to the Grand Canyon. You know, people move on. And, you know, I hate that there is this negative element to things right now. You know, I, I'm sure that Vic Schaefer feels somewhat, uh, you know, betrayed by some of the family, the Mississippi State family there is. And I know a lot of Mississippi State people feel abandoned by Vic. But the bottom line is that era is over. And time heals all wounds. You know, we'll look back here in a couple of years, and Vic will come back, and we'll recognize him as part of a, of a great team and a great era, and he'll get a standing ovation. And we'll say, man, I loved it when Vic was here. But that's over. And now we move forward. But all this discussion about 
the Facebook stuff, it's just it's just rather silly. And uh, I, I've seen some people, you know, make some comments about Blair. And listen, of all the Schaefers, Blair Blair will always be ours. No matter where she earns her paycheck, no matter who signs her paycheck, she's always going to be one of us. Always. She'll always be a Mississippi State Bulldog. Always. She'll always be the one that hit that big shot against South Carolina to give us some breathing room leg. That's, that's it. And so let's move forward. Let's be, be glad that it happened and kind of look ahead and say, okay, well, now what? So now what do we do? Do we cash in our emotional bankruptcy and just say, you know what, I'm, I'm done with women's basketball? No, I don't think so. I think, and again, again, this is a tribute to the job Big Schaefer's done here. Most people, when we got ready to hire Big Schaefer, most people didn't even realize we had a vacancy. But now people are hanging on every word. Okay, what's going on, Steve? Can we get an update? We haven't had an update today. What's going on with us? You know, the other day we weren't even 24 hours in and like, okay, we got to do this. And we had within 20, within two, three hours of the announcement, we had the story up. We had uh, a coaching board up. And then later that day, John Cohen was nice enough to give me a few minutes. So we had Vic's gone. Here's who might replace him. And here's what Cohen has to say about the search. We had all that up in no time. And then the next morning it's like, hey, what's, what are you guys hearing? What's going on? And I don't take that personal. I, I see that really as a compliment to Vic Schaefer, the fact that he has so many people that are invested in Mississippi State women's basketball. And while it was so great to have those great NCAA tournament runs, but I think it's one of those deals where Vic Schaefer has shown us that, hey, we can win here. We can be competitive here. We can be a national power here. And I don't think that Dr. Mark Keenum and John Cohen are ready to kind of move on from that. I don't think they're just saying, okay, well, we'll just kind of going back to being also ran in the SEC. Listen, we don't make a lot of money on, on women's basketball. Matter of fact, we don't make any money on women's basketball. Nobody does. There may be one or two programs in the country that, that turn a profit, but it's very, very rare because of the amount of salaries you have to carry and the fact that tickets are so inexpensive. UConn loses money on women's basketball. They've got the, the greatest women's brand of all time, and they lose money on women's basketball. But we're going to field a good team. We're going to hire a great coach. And so you're saying, well, Steve, well, who are you hearing? I'll tell you this. The uh, the main name that I am hearing, there, there, there are several, okay, that were initially kind of handed out on Sunday. It appears that the search is beginning to narrow considerably. I think there could be a hire this week. Could be. Don't hold me to it if we get the Friday show and we haven't hired a coach. Don't think, oh, well, Steve said. I think there's a possibility it happens this week, if not hopefully early next week. I don't think this is something that's going to linger. It took about a week for Moorhead to leech. I think this is a much narrower pool of candidates, to be honest with you. Jeff Walls from Louisville is a, a coach that we have talked about a great deal over on Gene's page. We're going to continue to talk about Jeff right here today. Jeff Walls is a candidate for the job, a very serious candidate for the job. Let me give you the rundown a little bit here on Jeff, just so you guys are aware. He's currently 48 years old, so he's got a lot of years left in front of him. He has been at Louisville since 2007. Before that, he was an assistant coach at Maryland, Minnesota, Nebraska, and Western Kentucky. Louisville, his very first, very first head coaching job. 
Louisville has been a national power in recent years. Asia Durr was a tremendous player for the Cardinals. We got to play her in the Final Four back in 18. But let's just take a look here. The last several years, okay, let's just look since Louisville joined the ACC. Because the ACC is supposed to be a big basketball conference. And outside of Notre Dame, there hadn't been a lot of you know, regular powers in that conference. But Louisville has kind of stepped in and become a national power. Before they made the move to the ACC, they were in the American. They went 33-5 and in the regular season. 16-2 and went to the Elite Eight. Fifteen, twenty-seven, and seven go to the Sweet Sixteen. Sixteen, twenty-six, and eight, second round of the tournament. Then in seventeen, a Sweet Sixteen. In eighteen, a Final Four. They go thirty-six and three. They even spent some time at number one. Nineteen, they get to the Elite Eight, and then they were on, you know, expected to be possibly a one seed in this year's tournament. This is a program that has graduated from an up-and-comer to an established program. Jeff Walls is a tremendous basketball coach. He's also a guy that I understand is, uh, has entertained some other offers and hasn't found the right fit. Hopefully, hopefully, we can make a, a deal here. And just so you guys are wondering, uh, they played for a national championship twice. At Louisville, when they were in the Big East, with Jeff Walsh as their coach. Back in 2009 and back in 2013. So you've got a coach here, much like Vic Schaefer, who has been there as a head coach, very, very close to cutting the final net and came up just a little bit short. And one begins to question themselves and think, you know, well, maybe, just maybe, he's thinking, maybe I've gone as far as I can go here. Maybe I have taken the Cardinals as far as I can take them. I know that he is a guy that uh, has been very loyal to them. He is, uh, he's a guy that has been around basketball for his entire life. He is a Kentucky native from Fort Thomas, Kentucky. So there's a lot of, there's a loyalty factor there. But everybody goes through that and they begin to think, okay, you know, I have given my absolute all to this thing, and I just can't get over the hump. You know, maybe a change of scenery would do me good. You know, when Dan Mullen left Mississippi State, there are a lot of people that said, you know what, he's leaving a great team. And he was leaving a great team, and he's leaving what he built. But I think it's one of those things that he felt like, you know what, it's going to be a little bit easier to win the East. I won't have to deal with LSU, Auburn, Alabama, and Texas A&M. Many years it may boil down to me beating Georgia. The path of resistance to Atlanta is easier. But he left. And he had done everything that he could probably do here. As I've said on this show many times, it wasn't Mississippi State or the fact that we didn't have a shopping mall or anything like that that was the ceiling. It was, you know, Dan Mullen is not a guy that's going to get out there and fight in the streets when it comes to recruiting. He's just not. That's not how he's built. He needs to be somewhere that kind of recruits itself. It's kind of a national brand. And so he goes to Florida and back-to-back -back years there in the New Year Six. I would say Dan Mullen probably feels like he made the right decision. 
Vic Schaefer took us a long way, got us almost to the top. We ran one play and missed a layup that would have won us a national championship, more than likely. We're seconds away from winning a national championship. And who knows if that changes anything. But he made a decision, you know what, I, I believe I've taken Mississippi State as far as I can take them. And so let's say maybe Jeff Walls feels the same way. And he is very well paid, made over a million and a half last year. So we're going to have to come off some money to get him here. But if we're going to remain a national power, we got to go out and get somebody that has proven they can do it in one capacity or another. The early name early on was Matthew Mitchell. I'll tell you now, Jeff Walls, without a question in my mind, is the hot name. I don't believe it is Matthew Mitchell. I believe Jeff Walls, of the existing Power Five coaches, I think he is the name to watch. Now, he is not the only name to watch. There has been a lot of fan support for Johnny Harris, longtime Mississippi State assistant, a wonderful, wonderful person. Did a great job here at Mississippi State. A lot of our fans love her. They pose pictures with her. They've taken pictures of her. They've asked for autographs. Johnny's one of us. Johnny's also a lady that needs a job. I understand that she has been interviewed. I don't know if it was a formal interview, but I understand that her and, and John Cohen have spoken. Uh, that's interesting, and that's the right thing to do. Whether she gets the job or not, I think you know that her her tenured service here, her loyalty to Mississippi State, because she's had some other people reach out to her in her career. I think that 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 has earned her the opportunity to interview for this job. Whether she gets it or not, that was the right thing to do. And I understand Johnny Harris you know, has a plan for Mississippi State. You know, that she would love to have the job. I don't know if she gets the job. At this point, I would say she probably won't get the job. I don't think that we're going to hire a first-time coach, whether that even means promoting from within or whatever. I just don't have that feeling. Based on what I'm hearing, I would not expect Johnny Harris to be the head coach at Mississippi State at this time. Now, that might change. I might be seeing a completely different tune on Friday. And I think we could do a lot worse than Johnny Harris. But I also think John Cohen's responsibility to Mississippi State demands that he goes out and gets the best coach possible to coach the women's basketball team. If that's Johnny Harris, then so be it. If that's Jeff Walls, then so be it. If it's somebody else, then that's what you got to do. But you have to go out and get the best possible coach. There are a lot of folks sometimes, and, I, and I'm going to say this, and it might hurt some feelings, and that's okay. We'll still be friends. But we have a lot of people in many ways that are kind of wrapped up in the old Mississippi State way of doing things years ago. Rather than get out there in the boat, out in the deep water, and try to catch a big fish, we were content to kind of stand on the bank and just be happy we had something. Those days are behind us. We have to go out and swing for the fences. And hopefully we can get a big-name coach. And you know what? And, and we start there, and then we begin to work our way back. If that doesn't work out for us, if we have not demonstrated that we are committed to women's basketball, if we have not committed that you can win here at an elite national level, 
And if we have not demonstrated to them that we care about their future and their future success, then we got to work harder down the road. But we have elevated this program, thanks to Vic Schaefer's efforts and the commitment of Mississippi State's Dr. Keenum and John Cohen. And we'll give Scott Strickland some success, some credit, too, because he hired Vic. But we have elevated the program to a point that we should be able to attract a sitting head coach from some other program. That's just the reality of life. We don't have to go get somebody from a junior college ranks. We don't have to go get an assistant coach somewhere. And I don't say that to be critical of Johnny Harris, but I think you, you, there is a responsibility to you and to this university to go out and try to get a, quote, big fish first. That's just my opinion. I might, you, know, you might disagree, and that's okay. I mentioned I believe that Jeff Walls is the preferred candidate of the Power Five. I think Matthew Mitchell was a guy who was an obvious candidate due to his connections to Mississippi State, the state of Mississippi. I just don't get a, I get a feeling that he is um, very, based on what I've heard, that he really is happy with his situation in Kentucky and just doesn't think now is the right time to make a move. So we'll see. The name that continues to kind of stay in the news behind the scenes is Nikki McRae Penson from Old Dominion. And Nikki McRae Penson, you may not have heard of her unless you've been on Gene's page. We've talked about that ad nauseum. Nikki McRae Penson played at Tennessee for Pat Summit, spent about a decade in the WNBA, was among the first coaches that Dawn Staley hired when she got the job at South Carolina. Nikki then stayed there, I guess, eight years, was on the bench when they won the national championship in 2017 against Mississippi State. And then she got a head coaching job at Old Dominion. The very first year, her very first year there, and Old Dominion's not known as a basketball power, they go 8-23. and 23. Lost in the first round of the Conference USA Tournament. The next year, they go 21-11. 13-win differential from the year before. Just so you guys know, based on what Old Dominion's telling me, that 13-plus win mark was the sixth-highest turnaround in NCAA that season. The second-best in program history. You get to this year, and again, there's positive momentum here. 24-6. and 24-6. and 14-4 and four in Conference USA play, and she is named the CUSA Coach of the Year. They also beat Auburn. An SEC team at Auburn. They nearly went undefeated at home. So she's 53 and 40 in three years, and that's including that forgettable 8 and 23 mark to open the, the, uh, the, the tenure there. She is an up and comer. She is a relentless recruiter. And I understand that uh, Don Staley has thrown her support behind her in buckets. And people say, well, if Don Staley wants her, then I don't. Well, I don't think Don Staley is trying to pick her poison here. I think she's trying to help her friend. And I know that Don Staley is, a, is an advocate for women coaches in women's basketball. And so you could do a lot worse. When you begin to look at that pedigree, Pat Summit, 
a decade in WNBA, nearly a decade, and a national championship at South Carolina with Dawn Staley. She has coached with and played with some of the best players of this generation. Simple as that. Old Dominion's a G5 school in the grand scheme of things. I believe of those candidates, of the non-Power 5 candidates, I believe she is the preferred candidate. And so how does it rank up? Well, I think if you had if you had your druthers, if you could get Walls, I think you have to take him just because he has proven he can do it on a Power 5 level. He can win conference championships. He can compete for national championships. And he has done it in a variety of ways and a variety of rosters. I think he has the better resume without question. If you can't get him to come, if you can't come to terms with him, I think you can do an awful lot worse than Nikki McRae Pinson. Just awfully interesting. And so those are the hot names right now. Now, tomorrow may be different. By the time we speak Friday, we might have hired a coach or we might be talking about somebody completely different. But based on what I have heard, Nikki McRae Pinson is very, very, very interested in a job. I've also heard there is some return interest, some mutual interest from Jeff Walls. So we will see what happens. It could be a very interesting 24 to 48 hours. Very, very interesting. But talking to basketball people, talking to people that know both of these coaches and uh, know them from the recruiting trail, I've been told repeatedly, Jeff Walls is the home run. But if you can't pull that off, Nikki McRae-Penson might be the hottest up-and-coming coach in the G5. She understands this league. She's played in this league. She's recruited in this league. She's coached in this league. I think those things matter. She was part of the staff that uh, put together that national championship team. Uh, Kiki Herbert Harrigan, Asia Wilson, Ty Harris, Bianca Cuevas-Moore, some big names in the game. She was responsible for recruiting those players. She understands how to evaluate and how to recruit. It's important. So that's kind of where we are with all that. And, again, come to jeanspage.com. We're going to keep you updated regularly. Robbie and I both are working this. This is Robbie's baby. Robbie's out in front of it, okay? Robbie's running point. Information that I get, I'm passed along to him. And, ultimately, we, you know, we want to do what we can to announce a hire. But we're working hard to provide you guys with up-to-date and accurate information. And so, again, the earlier reports that we have our coach are inaccurate. I want to remind you guys, too, Campus Bookmart, long-time sponsors of this show. Big fan of Stand the Man, Kathy Brown, the lovely, talented Susie. They will treat you like family when you go in there because in their mind you are family. Many of you bought your textbooks at Campus Bookmark. Now it's time to outfit the family, the office, the home, the RV, the pet, whatever you have. You can put some maroon and white on it. You can find it at CampusBookmark.net. By using promo code BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson, that will get you free shipping on all orders over 50 bucks. Any order less than $50, absolutely incomplete. Mom, Dad, let me tell you, on behalf of the kids of all ages, whether they're 4 or 14 or whatever, there's nothing like coming home and finding a package with our name on it and not being Christmas. Those gifts just kind of out of the blue are really cool. So if you got one of those for us, we'd be very happy. I've had a lot of suggestions about the top 10 list, so we'll get into the top 10 list. And, uh, and a lot of discussion about them, and, and that's uh, I appreciate that. I appreciate everybody and their suggestions. Let me get you pulled up here and tell you who we're talking to today or talking about. Will 
Buford. I think that's how you pronounce your name. B-U-R-F-O-R-D. He is. You can find him at Marone Burf on Twitter. That's Will Burford. I guess we'll go with that. Burford. Will. If I butchered your name, I'm sorry. Will is a Starkville resident. Says he's also a follower of Jesus Christ. Hell State. And Hell State to you too, Will. So Will came up with the idea. Let's talk movie soundtracks. And so I think it might be a little, uh, a little different, you know, um, than maybe what he is looking at. Because well, what I mean by that is, is you guys that were uh, around in the '80s and '90s remember that was part of the hype of the movie. Is they would start releasing videos on MTV and you know about movies that were coming up, and and uh, they would basically be commercials for the movie. And then, uh, then you would have uh, the soundtrack would come out. And so there was an album in advance of the movie because everybody put great music in movies back then. It's different today. It's different. It's wrong, but it's different. And so I've got some soundtracks that kind of go back, a, you know, they cover a wide expanse of time. I will say that I believe in recent years, the one movie that had the best soundtrack that I recall is Baby Driver. I thought that was, I thought the movie was great. thought the music was great. I was happy to hear that. I want to give you a couple honorable mentions too that didn't make the list. The Forrest Gump movie soundtrack, I don't know if they actually officially released one. Maybe they did. But the, the music in that movie is incredible. It seems like the doors were around and everything. It's almost like a greatest hits album. The Bill and Ted Excellent Adventure soundtrack. I loved the movie, loved the franchise, loved it. But I thought the Bogus Journey soundtrack was even better. The Bogus Journey soundtrack, the big hit on that one was uh, God Gave Rock and Roll to You from Kiss. Go check them out. They're great. Richie Cotson was on that album. It was, it was wonderful. Love the whole thing. So here, here's my top 10. Top 10 movie soundtracks. Number 10 on my list is singles. Singles released uh, back in 92. Great movie. Great soundtrack. Soundtrack even better than the movie. Now, there were a lot of outtakes in this one. A lot of outtakes like you know, B-sides and that sort of stuff. But the number one song on this album was Wood by Allison Chains. That was before it was released with some other stuff. But you had Wood from Allison Chains. Uh, you had Breathe from Pearl Jam, Seasons from Chris Cornell. And I love that song. I love Seasons from Chris Cornell. I, I like everything Chris Cornell did. This is one of my favorite Chris Cornell solo songs. Uh, Paul Westberg had the big hit with Dyslexic Heart. I didn't really like that one as much. They also had the Mother Love Bone classic, Chloe Dancer, Crown of Thorns. Kind of gave that uh, kind of a, a rebirth of sorts. Soundgarden also on the album with Birth Ritual. Incredible, incredible song. And State of Love and Trust by Pearl Jam. You got Mud Honey on here. And then the, even some Jimi Hendrix and Screaming Trees. Smashing Pumpkins are on there. It's a great soundtrack. Number nine on my list, a little more recent, Dazed and Confused. This is basically a classic rock album and this came out I guess a couple years after singles but you've got Aerosmith and you've got Deep Purple's Highway Star, School's Out from Alice Cooper, Black Oak Arkansas is on here, Ted Nugent, Dan Hartman, Edgar Winter Group. It's great stuff. 
Peter Frampton's on there. And so if you're looking for something really cool, that's really good. So if you're looking to get into some classic rock that maybe you're not as familiar with, there's a lot of hits on that album. Days to Confused, also great album. One of my favorite movies and movie soundtracks, The Crow. That's the Brandon Lee movie. If you haven't seen it, you should. The other stuff wasn't nearly as good. You know, the, without Brandon Lee, you know, the subsequent, you know, sequels were not nearly as good. But there was some great bands on here. Machines of Love and Grace, big industrial band of the early 90s. Big Empty from Stone Temple Pilots was a huge hit. Nine Inch Nails had a Joy Division cover on that album. You got Rage Against the Machine, Violent Films, The Rollings Band, Pantera, Helmet, My Life with a Thrill Kill Cult. It was, it was star-studded. Go check it out. It's great stuff. Number seven, this is Spinal Tap. If you've never seen that movie, you've got to do yourself a favor. It's all really silly, but it's all you know, kind of tongue-in-cheek humor. But uh, it's a great comedy and uh, some incredible songs on there that are kind of you know germane to the album. Go check it out. Number six on the list, kind of changing genres here a little bit, is uh, Friday. I loved the Friday franchise. I think all of those movies were hilarious. Then those are the Ice Cube, uh, Chris Tucker movies that every one of them I thought was great. This is one, you know, you've got Ice Cube, Dr. Dre, uh, Mac-10, DJ Muggs, E-Swift, the Two Love Crew are even on there. It's a great album. Rick James, go check them out. You'll like it. If, you have, if you've seen the movie, you know, Cypress Hill is on there. I'm a big Cypress Hill fan. Big, 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 be real in Cypress Hill fan. Love them. Number five on my list, a little different again, a little more R&B this time through, and that's the Boomerang soundtrack. If you've never seen Boomerang with Eddie Murphy, I don't know what you're doing with your life. I have probably seen that movie 20 times. It is great. Halle Berry is in it. Robin Gibbons is in it. It's uh, the whole thing. The soundtrack is great. The storyline is great. The movie's great. Very entertaining. Babyface was all over this album. Him and L.A. Reid, a lot of production stuff here. The big hit off this album was I Die Without You from P.M. Dawn. And P.M. Dawn, they had a death in the band, and so they don't do much anymore. But uh, that was the big hit. End of the Road from Boys to Men. Everybody knows that one. But uh, this is a, a good romantic-type comedy movie. If you haven't seen it, let me give you some advice. Go watch it. You'll absolutely love it. And you'll be hearing some songs in there, and you'll think, man, why have I not watched this before? Number four, I think this movie is hilarious. Burt Reynolds won an Academy Award for this. Uh, Boogie Nights. The soundtrack to this is incredible, including Feel the Heat by Marky Mark and uh, John C. Riley. You know, they were they were characters in the movie and tried to record a, a rock album. But um, so many songs on this were very, very stereotypical of the time, you know, in the 70s. But uh, you got Marvin Gaye and the Commodores here. I love the Commodores. That's one of the, that's, people talk about dirty pleasures. Uh, I love the Commodores. Uh, and one, one of my favorite Commodore songs is uh, Night Shift, and that was even after Lionel Richie had left. And so uh, go check that one out. They even have a Night Ranger and ELO track on there, but that, that's another good one. I think you'll enjoy that one. The movie is, is all over the place. It's a cautionary tale. Number three on the list, and you knew we'd get here eventually. You knew we would. If you were a child of the 70s, you knew you knew we'd get here. That's going to be Saturday Night Fever. Yes. Yes. Saturday Night Fever soundtrack. 
Incredible. Incredible. BG's, you know, it's just, I don't care what you think or what you say. At some point in your life, everybody has loved the BG's. I don't expect you to have to admit it here, but at some point you pulled up Jive Talking on your, on your Apple phone. You put it on your Spotify or whatever. You've all imagined what it would be like to put on that white suit with the vest and the butterfly collar that John Travolta had. Yeah, you, you, you've dreamed about it. You have. You can go listen to that today. You can go, I mean, Cool in the Gang is even on this thing. It's a great movie. I, 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 every time that it's on and I catch it, especially if I can get it in the first 30 minutes or so, I watch it through. They brought you KC and the Sunshine Band, too. I could talk about KC and the Sunshine Band all afternoon. The number two soundtrack on my list, and there were a couple that I missed, too. I'm going to give a shout-out before I get to the final two. The Top Gun soundtrack, excellent. And one kind of off the beaten path, the Last Action Hero soundtrack. Tesla is on there. There's a lot of great bands on there. Go check them out. But the number two, the number two motion picture soundtrack on my list is Purple Rain. Matter of fact, I listened to that album just a few days ago. And that scene in the movie when he's singing The Beautiful Ones, and we've all been through that, The Beautiful Ones, they hurt you every time. When he stands up and he's pointing, you know, Morse Day is sitting by Apollonia, and he points at Apollonia and he says, do you want him or do you want me? Because I want you. But what a dramatic moment in the movie. Great movie, classic album, When Doves Cry, Purple Rain, Let's Go Crazy, Darling Nikki, the whole thing. The whole album is great. But number one, and I think this is a rather obvious one, it's Footloose. How, how could it not be Footloose? Footloose had uh, six top 40 hits, three of which made the top 10, and two number ones. Footloose, and let's hear it for the boy by Denise Williams, and then Almost Paradise, Ann Wilson and Mike Reno, uh, also got into the top 10. Ann Wilson, of course, from Heart, Mike Reno from Loverboy, if you've forgotten about them, loving every minute of it. And so... Uh, Footloose, Let's Hear for the Boy, Almost Paradise, big hits for them. Holding Out for a Hero, Bonnie Tyler. Dancing in the Sheets from Shalimar. And if you don't know Shalimar, that's a band that Jody Watley came from. I'm Free, Kenny Loggins, Somebody's Eyes, Carla Bonoff, Sammy Hagar is on here. And so it's just so many great songs, albums. Quiet Riot is here. John Cougar Mellencamp, Foreigner. Great album. Great movie. I, I have never seen the remake because I don't know how you could ever improve on perfection. Absolutely love Footloose. It's a great time, great time in my life when uh, that movie came out. Made everybody want to dance. Really did. So let's get into a couple of other things. And again, if you have questions about top 10 lists or you have suggestions, you would be like our friend Will Burford and you reach out and say, hey, Steve, well, let's talk about this. I'm happy to do it. And I've got some people who send things in that, that I don't really feel like I can speak intelligently about. You know, like, Steve, what's your favorite Adam or that kind of stuff? That's just not in my wheelhouse. You know, Steve, can you could you give us your 10 favorite elements in the periodic table? That's not me. OK, I, that, I'm, the, I'm the music and movies guy, the sports guy, the entertainment guy. I'm not the analytical scientific guy. So. Uh, you don't. I'm not going to have any uh, strong opinions about the Pythagorean theorem or anything like that or Occam's razor. That's all you. You guys can have every bit of that. 
But let's get into a couple more things before we get out of here. So, uh, you know, Mississippi State obviously released uh, a statement yesterday, and my hope is that kind of brings an end to the uh, the discussion of the Mike Leach tweet, which I, I think that, you know, there has been so much divisiveness about all of this, and uh, my hope is this will kind of bring, you know, some conclusion to this. It uh, To me, the, the most difficult part of all of this is uh, seeing the Mississippi State family at odds. That's the part, to me, that is more hurtful than anything else. And so my hope is now we can kind of move forward and heal. I really felt like things were beginning to kind of, in, in our neck of the woods, in, in the big maroon bubble, you know, within the Mississippi State family, it appeared that the story was kind of beginning to lose a little traction and kind of move, and we were moving on. But I understand from talking to some other people, there were some other organizations out there that, you know, that really, you know, wanted their pound of flesh and uh, just felt like the university needed to take some action. I am told that, uh, you know, Mike Leach administration, they, they have had multiple conversations about this and they plan to move forward. There are other people out there that are you know, making demands of Mississippi State that are, uh, that are ridiculous. And uh, I think it's important to understand, too, there are a lot of people that have strong opinions about what Mississippi State should do or not do, but they don't have to live with the consequences of those decisions. It is very, very easy to tell somebody else what to do when you don't have to live with the consequences. And so Mississippi State is going to play football this year. Uh, Mississippi State is going to have Mike Leach coaches this year. We have had another player enter the transfer portal, and that's Brevin Jones. Now, one of the things that I will say, Brevin Jones said in his exit interview to our network, Chris Hummer from 247 Sports interviewed him. And he did say, yeah, I was kind of surprised, and uh, it kind of bothered me a little bit. But, I, listen, I was probably going to leave anyway. And that's the truth of the matter. And I don't say this to throw shade at Brevin Jones, but I want to make sure that other people understand the totality of the situation because there are some people that are essentially clickbait bandits and enemies of Mississippi State that will try to lump all that in together. Brevin Jones was going to have a difficult time playing here, a very difficult time playing here. And a lot of that really is just because there is a different fit. There is a different metrics when it comes to offensive linemen, we're going to go out and get these big walking, talking giants to run the, the offensive line. And that, you know, I, this is not in Brevin Jones' wheelhouse. And that's not to say that he's not a good player. I think he is a good player. I think he was a bit of a reach from an SEC team. But he is, he is a quality young man. He came in here and he, he worked hard. I just don't think this scheme was going to be the right fit for him, and I believe he recognized this. The timing of all this is unfortunate because I think he was going to leave anyway. I think at the end of spring practice, he would have he would announce that he was moving on. And again, that's not to be critical of him. I think one of the, the most undervalued attributes that a person can ever have is self-awareness. You know, there have been times in my life athletically that I've gone and you know, stepped on some uh, some fields of play and felt a little bit outclassed and said, you know what, I need to go play at a level where I can play. I need to go play with somebody else, you know. And so that's a big part of things. I'm all about competing, but sometimes the writing is a little bit on the wall. And I believe had we had spring practice, and once you begin to realize how important size and length is on the offensive line, that this is a situation that would have resolved itself of its own volition. 
And so understand, again, I don't want to be critical of Brevin Jones. I hope he goes somewhere else and has an All-American career and uh, goes on and signs a professional contract, meets his wife in college, marries his college sweetheart, and has a, a prosperous life. I, ha- I have no ill will towards him anyway whatsoever. But we have tried to explain for, for, for many, many weeks that there would be attrition on the football team. There will be more. There will be more players leave. Some of them will be players' names you know, just as you saw with Fabian Lovett. And I'm not totally convinced uh, that Fabian Lovett was going to be the best fit for this defense, you know, having to play on the nose. And I'm, again, not throwing shade at him, but he has to do what is best for him. I think Fabian Lovett's a very good player. He, he played 13 games for Mississippi State last year. I thought he got better every game. I thought he was really good late. He had a big sack against Ole Miss. Uh, listen, I appreciate everything he did for Mississippi State, but if he has decided – that he needs to seek his college football future somewhere else, and then we absolutely support that. I, people begin, uh, ask me all the time, Steve, is there any chance that he backs out? Sure there is. I don't expect it. And I, th- I really think the way that some of our fans have handled this have kind of removed that possibility in many respects. There's a lot of ugliness in that situation, okay? You know, he saw the tweet, did not like it, responded to that, let his feelings be known. And, you know, I think that was probably the final straw for him. So, you know what, I just think I need to move on. And then we have fans that have gone out and uh, tweeted at him and called him soft or whatever. That, that's not who we are. And I saw that he tweeted out a, uh, a picture of a message that his dad got from a fan that's not a Mississippi State fan. That's interesting to me, too. That somebody else calls him soft and you know, snowflake or whatever, and the guy's a West Virginia. According to his Facebook profile, he's a West Virginia fan. But it'll be Mississippi State fans that pick up the tab in that deal because it was just a screenshot of a message. Nobody actually did the due diligence to see if he was a Mississippi State guy or not. And so that's what you have to be careful of. There are a lot of people out there that have strong opinions about things that don't matter to them. And I heard a guy say in an AA meeting one time, and I know I'm probably breaking tradition by saying this, But he said that 98% of the stuff that people get mad about is not their business. You know, a West Virginia fan getting all hot under the collar and messaging a former Mississippi State player that's in a transfer portal, that's not his business. It's not his business. And so I think it's important that we know our place and know our business. And our commitment needs to be for the advancement of Mississippi State athletics. Having people said, Steve, I really wish you'd go dig into this Vic Schaefer thing and find out what really happened. Well, why did anything have to happen? You know, people change jobs all the time. Why did you change jobs? What happened? What happened with you? Was there a scandal? Were you in trouble? Were you part of an investigation? You know, people change jobs all the time. And let's not delude ourselves into thinking that we know everything that's going on with a person in their personal life. We don't know. I don't know. Vic Schaefer may decide, you know what, maybe I've got some relatives back home, and listen, they're having a tough time, and my extended family needs me. And so maybe I need to be a little closer to them. You know, I'm not suggesting that, but there's always the possibility, especially in day and times like these, where family means more than ever. Family means more than ever. And so Vic Schaefer has made the decision to leave our family. I wish him the best. I don't want him to go win an NFL championship. I don't even really care if he goes and wins a Big 12 championship, but I don't have any any bitterness in my heart for Vic Schaefer. I hope Vic goes and, and has a great life and, and uh, good things happen to him, but not at our expense. 
you know, because I'm a Mississippi State guy first. I support every coach at Mississippi State until they are no longer the coach here at Mississippi State. I still like them, still consider them nice people, but make no mistake about it. That's one of the mistakes that I think many media people make, and I have done my best to kind of draw that distinction, is these people are not your friends. They're friendly, but they're not your friends. And I understand their relationship many times as they recognize that we're people with a platform and a voice, and they can use us to kind of get their message out, good, bad, or indifferent. I I get it. I understand it. I know how the world works. And while Vic has been great to me in the time that we've been here, Vic's not my friend. He was an acquaintance. And so people change jobs all the time. I hate it. I I, I hate it more so for what it does to, to all of us. Because we no longer have the benefit of his coaching ability and his genius. And, the, and you know, he was the driver of our bus. And so that's what I'm more upset about. Not that he left. I'm upset that we all are having to go through this situation and we wonder, will it ever be this good again? Well, I, I submit to you, if we go out and hire a guy like Jeff Walls, that uh, we probably won't miss much at all. If you go hire uh, Nikki McRae-Penson, it you know, might take a little bit longer to kind of get back to the mountaintop. But I've got confidence in her pedigree. I think she would do a good job for us. But to me, Jeff Walls is the home run. But I do believe that you have a bulldog and the president office over in Lee Hall. You've got a bulldog and the director of athletics position over in the Bryan Building. Those folks are committed to your success. They're not asleep at the wheel. And we have discussed this you know, when the, the Joe Moorhead situation was going on. They are not oblivious. They understand their responsibilities. They understand how important all this is to you. They understand your investment, not just from a financial standpoint. They understand your emotional investment in Mississippi State Athletics. And I can assure you, nobody wants to win more than Mark Keenum. I, I can promise you that. Nobody does. Nobody wants to win more than John Cohen. Those are not just guys out there collecting a paycheck. They want to win. And I believe they wanted Vic Schaefer to say, you know, I, I was told that uh, Dr. Keenum cleared the, the way, just, you know, pay, pay, pay him whatever you need. But not because Mark Keenum is a huge Mississippi State women's basketball fan, but because Mark Keenum is your, he's a fan of you. He wants you to be happy. He wants you to buy tickets. He wants you to make donations. He wants you to wear that Mississippi State shirt with pride. That's his buy-in. It's not that he's a huge basketball fan. He's a Mississippi State fan. He is a Mississippi State fan base fan. It's important to remember those things. And there are so many people that get involved in that, and they think, hey, well, nobody cares more than me. You know what? There's a lot of people that care as much as you and some more than you. But I can promise you, nobody wants it more than those guys do. It's the reality of life. Well, that's going to do it for today. We'll be back. If you guys are looking for some reading material, and you should be, you should be, go to StarkVillainsTheBook.com, and you can get Flim Flam and Stark Villains. I'm working on Stark Villains, the sequel, right now. We'll hopefully have that out for you in September. That's the plan, anyway. Got a lot of work to do. Got plenty of time to do it right now. But uh, my life hadn't changed a whole lot. I'm still working harder every day for you guys. And I've had so many of you that have reached out and said, you know what, Steve, it's a very difficult time right now. Thanks for continuing to do the Boneyard in its entirety three days a week. And I, listen, 
I need some routine to my life. And there's we've had plenty to talk about, too. We've had to add the top 10 list to kind of give us some light stuff to discuss. But Mississippi State has stayed in the news here the last few weeks anyway. I look forward to a time we can talk about press conferences and ball games and things like that again. But we are one family, and we pull in one direction. And my hope is that you guys continue to have a good week and stay safe, keep your hands clean, don't touch your face, all the cliche stuff. It's a different day and time for us, but we're going to get back together sooner rather than later. Looking forward to Friday's show. But until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we'll make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live.